Inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. Audible.com and Doing Ministry Well have teamed up to bring you a free 30-day trial so that even if you don't have time to sit down and read a book, you can listen to some of the great resources that are shared here. Sign up at audibletrial.com slash doingministrywell. All right. Hello, everyone, and thank you for checking into another episode of Doing Ministry Well. We are in Nashville today with Ben Pearson. Ben, thanks so much for being on the show. You're very welcome. It's good to be here. Yeah. Ben, I met you through your son, Derek. Uh, We were buddies back in the day, and... uh, yeah, I, it was just, it was great to connect with you. And I remember, I think about 2010, we grabbed coffee. Uh, my wife and I grabbed coffee with you and you were about to embark on the Blue Lake Jazz Project. And uh, this is just kind of something that I, I really remember about that time. I remember you were looking for funding for that show and you were having a hard time getting people to get behind it because they didn't really understand it. And I remember praying as we left that like people that loved the show or loved the book rather, would get behind it and support it and then that's what ended up happening it's amazing yeah it was kind of a miracle the way it all came together with kickstarter back when kickstarter was still kind of nobody really knew what it was yet right right exactly so that's that's pretty awesome um ben when we were emailing setting up this interview you said something really interesting kind of about ministry and uh um just kind of feeling like what you do isn't ministry. Can you just expound a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I think uh, I've never considered it uh, what I do ministry, but uh, the, the thread through everything, of course, is, is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I, I think that uh, sometimes you can get wrapped up, you know, in labeling what you do as a ministry when actually you just need to live it. Mm-hmm. And, and to, to do it and, and uh, I guess let God decide if it's a ministry or not uh, by the fruits that, you know, uh, kind of come forth from it. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, ben, just tell us a little bit about kind of what you've done. Go, go all the way back and uh, just you've done a lot of things, a lot of things that I really admire. And so just share with us um, what those things are. Sure. Well, I, I kind of go back, if I go back to the beginning, uh, after I, uh, I had a pretty much a lightning bolt conversion to Christianity back in 1976, June 28th, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> and uh, after that, I found myself in, a, in a, a church in Freeville, New York, Ithaca, New York area. And I met Phil Kagey there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up within, oh, probably three months of meeting Phil. Uh, I dropped out of college and moved to Ithaca, and I ended up going on the road in uh, guitar teching for Phil Kagey, and rode, you know, being a roadie, and uh, and Phil is, uh, he kind of adopted me as his little brother, and is, to this day, my big brother, I call him Big Brother Phil. That's awesome. And uh, he, uh, you know, as, as we were touring, and... I remember one time it just got, it was just so good to be out in the road. And I called my mom and I said, mom, I, I got a big favor to ask. Could I ask for an early Christmas present this year? And she goes, yeah. yeah. And I said, you know, I've always wanted a camera. And she goes, oh yeah, you've mentioned that. Let's do that. And so she sent me my uh, first camera. Awesome. And so I started to record everything on the road. And that's kind of, you know, it became a, a passion for me immediately and 
once the uh, band, the Phil Kagey band, moved on and everybody kind of went to their, Phil uh, moved out to Kansas City at that time. I was kind of still passionately, uh, you know, loving photography. And I found, uh, at, I found a, well, actually my wife found a job for me uh, in Cortland, New York. Uh, she just happened to mention uh, to a, a studio owner that I loved photography. And uh, I got a part-time job in a photo studio and did that for a while. And uh, then I got a call from a friend of mine who had moved out to Cape Cod and bought a photo studio out there. And he asked me if I'd like to consider moving out to Cape Cod. And we did that. Nice. All of our kids were born on the Cape. We were there for, oh, probably about seven years. Okay. And the last part of that seven years, I started to get calls from Phil Kagi and uh, a producer named Lynn Nichols. And uh, they, used, they were flying me out to L.A. to do album work out there. And then Phil moved to Nashville, so I started flying down here to do album covers for him. Nice. And about, oh, after about three of those down in Nashville, uh, the art director at the time uh, that was working on the pro project said, you know, if you move down here, we'd, we'd call you. And at that time, things in New England were pretty good for me. Uh, and my wife had come uh, to visit at that time. She loved Nashville. But we got on the plane back to Boston, landed in Boston. And I can't really describe... Uh, what it was like, but we, we touched down and I turned to my wife and I said, honey, this sounds really weird, but everything's very opaque for me right now oh. in New England. Um, do you think, would you be open to moving to Nashville? Hmm. She goes, sure. Wow. <laughs> so uh, about three months later, we relocated uh, to Nashville and that was back in 1990. Okay. And I've been here ever since uh, doing uh, at first photography and I did a lot of uh, work with a band called Chagall Guevara which uh, Steve Taylor was the front man for Dave Perkins Lynn Nichols Wade James Mike Mead and uh, phenomenal one of those super bands that it's it's such a shame that nobody really uh, mm. heard of them <laughs> uh, but they have a loyal fan base today Anyway, uh, after that band kind of ran its course, Steve went out and did a solo career. And part of the uh, part of the arrangement with Warner Brothers for him was he was going to do a long form video. And he called me up and said, man, I, I got this idea. We're going to go around the world and we're going to do about five videos and linkage footage and we're just going to put it all in one big package uh, for my new album that's coming out. And I said, oh, that's great. And then I woke up the next morning and I called him and I said, man, I'm really touched. But you really need to, you know, find somebody that's ran a film camera before, you know, that has run a film camera. And he said, oh, man, don't worry about it. Just do what you do with your Nikon. Only the film will be traveling through the camera a lot faster than you're used to. And that's where movies started for me nice. yeah nice. so we uh after that project we did a lot of music videos together with rich mullins steve and i and then i went on to do some directing on my own and then uh lo and behold oh about three years four years after that we started to write a script 
called The Second Chance that Michael W. Smith uh, starred in. Uh, we co-wrote it with a, a writer, uh, actor, friend of mine, uh, who is now an in-law, uh, Chip Arnold. So that was our first feature that we did. Uh, after that, I did a private uh, feature documentary called Kabul 24 about the eight Western aid workers that were captured by the Taliban before 9-11. And then after that, Blue Like Jazz came uh, to our door knocking <laughs> and we we uh, hooked up with Don Miller and uh, and I think made a really good movie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was so funny to, to read his two most re- recent books and he mentions you in both those books and I'll just be reading and be like, oh, I know Ben, that's <laughs> just, just funny to make that, make that connection. Um, share with us a story about working with Phil Kagey kind of on the road, maybe from those early days, that, that is just really a highlight from your time working with Phil. Wow. Well, it, I mean, it's, that was a long time ago, so it's all kind of mm-hmm. become a highlight sure, for me. Sure. But uh, I think, I think the, 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 the day-to-day consistency of, of Phil's, just uh, his humility and his childlike wonder Phil is always full of wonder, hmm. and I think that really spoke to me uh, as a young Christian. Mm-hmm. Just uh, here's this incredible guitarist, one of the top five in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and he looks. He starts every day with this, with this, just uh, this incredible enthusiasm and and just wonder at God's creation. At uh, I think. A lot of times his own uh, gift uh, is kind of surprising to him at mm. times, you know. You know, I remember, hey, bro, listen to this. And he'd play me something. Isn't that wild? <laughs> and, it, and it's not like he's bragging or anything. He's just going, where did that come from? That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's Phil. So I think it was, as I look back, uh, it was a, a very, just a consistent uh, childlike wonder of God's mm. gifts and creations. And it reminds me of that, uh, that pretty famous quote, uh, Rabbi Abraham Heschel, um, I asked God for wonder and he gave it to me. Mm, that's and that's, I think that's too often, especially in this day and age, it's, that is so easy to, to, uh, to forget. Mm. And uh, it's elusive mm. at times because we're so... Uh, fed uh, constant information, constant images, constant this, constant that, and it's just a a hard thing to to practice at times in this this age mm-hmm. that we're living in. Yeah, what do you feel like are some of the disciplines in your own life that help really keep you in a place of wonder? Daily uh, creativity. Hmm. Uh, I've been painting a lot. Yeah, um, and I think. When I when I I have stretches where I, I paint at times just you know simple watercolors or something I have stretches where if you know I'll do that consistently for a couple of weeks and I just find my life is is a lot better and it doesn't take a long time it doesn't have to take a long time but when that gets broken up and I don't I don't have a chance to do that I I find that I, I lose. I lose that sense of, you know, wonder and awe. Hmm. 
as an as an artist, do you feel like you deal with perfectionism at all? Does that ever come into play? I kind of gave perfectionism up a long time ago, yeah. and that was a hard one. But um, you have to give it up. I'm a guitar player as well, and when you're at first, you know, when I hooked up with Phil way back, I'm like, well, I can give this up now because this just. <laughs> And he, uh, it was really funny. I, I never really gave it up, but I, uh, I kind of had not played for quite a while. And then after we got done with filming Second Chance, I was so, it was such an intense process doing, doing a film and shooting five weeks, you know, crazy hours. I got done with that project and I said, hmm, you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to go out and buy a Strat. And I called Phil it was the first call. I said, hey, man, this sounds really crazy, but I'm at a place in my life. I think I'm going to go buy a Strat. He goes, bro, I knew you couldn't put it down forever. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I've been playing. Jimmy and A and I, uh, we, we play a lot these days. Nice. And uh, we're, uh, I don't know what will happen there, but it's, uh, it's a lot. It's, it's very enjoyable. And that, hanging around people, too, that, um, are full of wonder themselves and artists like Jimmy A. He's an inspiration to mm, me. That's cool. Um, you said you worked with Rich Mullins. Rich Mullins was also a friend of yours, right? Yeah, a dear friend. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about what it was like to hang out with Rich. Rich was, uh, he was, he was, you know, of course an enigma. <laughs> uh, I remember, I guess one of my, my fondest memories is uh, he would show up at any time. You wouldn't really know. The doorbell would ring, the yeah. same doorbell that you rang when you came here. And you'd come to the door and there'd Rich be, hey man. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're in your, you're just out of the shower. So I was like, hey Rich, <laughs> come on in. Uh, but one night he showed up and he said, hey, you want to go for a, a drive and and hang out? and we went for a, a drive around town, and I think, I, I can't really remember where all we went, but he was driving the Jeep, and, and he was pretty angry that night at God, and uh, very vocal about it, mm. to the point where um, uh, at the end of the night, it was like, well, I, actually, it was like, he dropped me off about one in the morning. And he goes, hey, man, thanks for hearing me out. I really needed to just, I just needed to get it out and get a lot of get all that off my chest. I appreciate it. I'm like, yeah, no problem, man, anytime. And, you know, while we're driving around, I'm, go, I'm waiting for the lightning bolts to hit. It's like, because, you know, Rich is being very honest. And I'm like, oh, God, please. <laughs> help us. Jesus, help me. <laughs> and uh, anyway... Uh, later on that morning, about eight, I think it was, the the door ring, doorbell rings again. I get up and uh, come down in my robe, and there's Rich, and he goes, "Hey man, I just so appreciate hanging with you last night. Listen, I wrote a song. Can I play it for you?" And he sits down at the piano here in the living room, and I, to the best of my remembrance um i think it was the song called hard to get hmm. the start of that mm -hmm. and um which is one of my favorite mm -hmm. off the jesus record but um yeah that was that was a 
I'll never forget that. <laughs> That's cool. What do you feel like has been the biggest struggle um, just kind of in your journey of following Jesus? The biggest struggle? Um, I think the biggest struggle for me is, and I'm starting to get to the point, I'm starting to give in finally to just realize that um, there's really nothing that I can do that will make Christ love me any more or any less. Mm. And um, I think I think a lot of it is self-acceptance, you know, and and self-esteem. Um, my dad died when I was six, and they say that you get a lot of your self-esteem from your father. So I think... I think that plays into it a lot is really accepting um, God as my father. Mm. Um, and I think, I think that's, you know, as the older I get, the, the more I'm accepting that and the more I'm accepting the fact that I am not perfect and I'm extremely flawed, but that doesn't matter to Jesus. Mm. You know, he, uh, he's there as a, in in the same powerful way that he was there that night of june 28th 1976 you know and and um it's a lot of it is me getting out of the way (laughs) so his love can just uh just flow yeah you know it's like ben get out of the way i've got this covered i love you (laughs) (laughs) um i'm thinking of I'm pretty sure that you shot this album cover, but the Supertones in the pool. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorite album covers. Oh, that's covers wonderful. That I remember like finding out that you shot that. I was like, what? Just such an iconic. Supertones were kind of like when I got saved. That was like the band that was really popular during that what time. What a wonderful so. band. Yeah, yeah. Those are, all of those guys were so wonderful. I, I just, that was one of those photo shoots that was just, it was nothing but fun. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's like. Are they paying us for this? <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, tell me a little bit about what it was like to work with Donald Miller. Don Miller is uh, is one of the most authentic people I've ever met in my mm. life. And that authenticity, um, he just, he pretty much carries that with him at all times. Mm. And what you see is what you get. And... I, it was, it was an absolute joy. Hmm. Uh, just authentic people are, uh, they're, they're kind of like a healing, uh, force to hmm. all that are around them. <laughs> it, I think it encourages everybody else to, to let down their guards and, you know, and, uh, and be real, but he's, uh, extremely, um, you know, sharp, witty. He, he loves to laugh and he, and he gets the biggest, kick out of making other people <laughs> laugh and and he does it well nice um yeah we we had a lot of fun write, writing the script and i will uh if if the movie could have been longer there there was a lot of fun funny stuff that yeah. i wish was in the film but didn't make it but gotcha 
Um, I remember last time we got coffee too. Uh, we were talking about Jeremy Cohort. Have you gotten the chance to meet Jeremy at all? I haven't. I still haven't. The elusive Jeremy. <laughs> I haven't got a chance to meet him yet. Well, Jeremy, if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, which I don't think you are, you need to meet Ben Carter or Ben Pearson. I would love to. I would that. love to. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back. Great. Hi, this is Brian Ensminger. If you enjoyed doing ministry well, we'd really appreciate it if you'd check out the Engaging Missions show, where we deliver God's stories to your earbuds. You can find us at engagingmissions.com. If you haven't checked out the new doingministrywell.com website, check it out. We chose Swissco to do our overhaul and are so happy with the results. Swissco makes ministry websites beautiful and hassle-free. Schedule a free consultation today at swissco.us. All right, and we're back with Ben Pearson here in Nashville. Um, let's see here. Ben, tell us, you were telling me before the interview, a project that you're working on right now. Tell us a little bit about the project. Yeah, the, the, it's a documentary, feature length documentary called Scouting for Diamonds. And it is about baseball scouts, the unsung heroes of the game. And these are just passionate men and women, uh, who love the game they don't get paid a lot of money, but they uh, are so devoted to finding, to finding great players. Hmm. And uh, the director, Molly Secours, uh, here in Nashville, she, the first wave of financing that came for the project, she made a really good call. She said, hey, we're going to go around and get all the octogenarians, all the scouts over 80 that were here before radar guns and and uh, you know all the all the crazy you know uh, technology that's available now and so that was that was a great way to start nice. uh, being in the presence of those gentlemen and I got to meet Willie Mays wow. and uh, you know his story is 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 fairly classic and the scout that found Willie Mays was sent to scout another guy that was playing uh and this was i believe he was in high school at the time late high school anyway the uh, the scout goes down to scout this other guy reports back to his boss and says yeah yeah the, the kid's good but hey there's this kid willie mays i think we should sign him immediately hmm. and the guy's okay let's do it <laughs> and so that's that's how willie got so there's this gut thing that these scouts have hmm. that um, that you know goes far beyond statistics and that kind of thing. And unfortunately, we're in a a place now where there's so many people relying on uh, analytics and that kind of thing. And I think the the role of the scouts being threatened, and I think it's it's going to be interesting there'll probably be a bit of a backlash eventually when they realize they've taken the heart out because they're relying on analytics and not the heart of a a scout Hmm. so we'll see what happens but Hmm. we're at a it's a very unique project because we're at a tipping point now where scouts versus analytics kind of thing and uh so we'll see what happens but it's a i I've never been a huge baseball fan, but I tell you, I'm becoming one. Yeah, nice. <laughs> you had mentioned earlier um, you just kind of had a breakthrough on, on the documentary. You, you're going to have somebody narrating it? Yeah, we we got some pretty wonderful news the other night. Uh, turns out Bill Murray's wow. uh, 
he's he's in. He's gonna narrate the 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 movie for us. That is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> ben, you're just such a down to earth person. Um, yeah, I just really appreciate you responding to to emails. Even you know you're you're hanging out with all of these big names. You know, and, oh, man. And I really appreciate that you make time for for me and this little podcast. You know, how do you feel like you've managed that? You know, hanging out with with these names and then still being a down-to-earth person well uh number one i i don't really do very well with celebrity i become very shy hmm. <laughs> but then i i tend to i guess i tend to warm up after that but i just you realize that people are people and hmm. and uh and it's you know it's it, I, I think it just comes down to that yeah and uh everybody has their own set of challenges and everybody has their own fears and desires and passions. And, uh, and I think, I think, you know, approaching it's, it reminds me, you know, uh, St. Francis has always been an inspiration to me as for so many people, but, uh, you know, it's said that he, he, uh, he embraced the rich and the famous as well as the poor. And mm. he was able to do both very well. Mm. That's a, I, I just that that's an inspiration mm-hmm. to me because, in you know, in God's eyes, you know we we all are His creation and we're all equal and and uh, yeah I I don't know it's uh, it's just living well I guess mm-hmm. and being that's mindful good. yeah <laughs> that's good Ben you have your hand in so many different things so many creative kind of outlets you mentioned guitar painting photography film. How do you, what does that creative process look like and, and how are you managing to do all of these things really well? Well, I, I, you know, well, <laughs> do I do them well? <laughs> Interesting question. <laughs> I think, I think it becomes, it, it's, it's all part of the whole, um, like I would love to be able to just isolate one of those things mm-hmm. and, and just okay, that's what I'm an expert in, you know, but for some reason, it's never been in the cards for me. And I, I gravitate t- towards people that, you know, do the same thing as well, like uh, Jimmy Avig, you know, J- Jimmy's all of those things as well. Mm. And I think at certain seasons of your life, um, one of the disciplines will come and, and make itself known a little bit more than the others, that kind of thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, I guess the constant for me has been filmmaking hmm. uh, these last 10 years or so, which I'm thankful because that kind of pays the bills. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, but I, I tend to, a good day for me is I'll do a small watercolor, uh, I'll, I'll write some music, and I use the guitar more for a, a vehicle to get ideas out. And, you know, I'm a, I play with the ragamuffins or I did when they we were still together a couple years ago uh, with Rick Elias and everyone and uh, I hold down my own on a rhythm you know the rhythm section you know but usually it's a vehicle to to just create Mm -hmm. and uh, but yeah I think I think some of us are just built that way and you know I guess you could say it's a you know um, jack of all trades master of none but in a way i think it, it just it just kind of all feeds into you know to one voice hmm. which yeah yeah 
do you feel like you have a, a daily kind of schedule that helps you do you, a lot like an hour I'm going to practice here, an hour I'm going to do filmmaking here? Yeah. Does your day broken up like that? or It, it really isn't. It, it's kind of, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get um, a little more structure hmm. because, uh, like I said, with, with even doing small paintings, that's a really good discipline hmm. uh, that... If I do it daily, I, I, I reap the benefits. Uh, so I guess as the, the days go by, you know, uh, I, I do hope for more structure. Mm -hmm. uh, but one thing when you're making films, it, things turn on a dime. <laughs> sure. We didn't know Bill Murray was going to, last week, if you would have said, hey, you know, Bill Murray's going to narrate the film <laughs> you're working on. I'm like, yeah, right. Sure he is. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, kind of the bulk of the show is we just ask uh, our the people we're interviewing what are three practical tips to, to doing ministry well. What would you say those three things are? Well, I guess for me, um, and these are this isn't by any means something that I'm I'm good at yet. But I guess my my goal is to continually be number one honest with God. Hmm. And number two, being honest with yourself. And three, being honest with those that you love that are around you. Mm. And striving for that transparency and that honesty is, it's a challenge, you know, because there's so much interference that we throw at ourselves, so much interference that comes from outside, you know. Yeah through our iPhones yeah, at all right. moments. <laughs> There's, you know, but uh, I think those three things, you know, are, are the honesty is, is, is a goal. Mm. Uh, and not that, you know, dishonesty is, is um, I mean, dishonesty is a trap, but uh, being totally honest, being totally transparent, uh, with God, I think is is where it all starts, and in realizing that there's nothing you can hide anyway. So get it out there, and and uh, and and let that honesty with God fill you know everything else in your life. Mm. You know, that's good. What is? Let's just go through these three things and really just unpack them. What does honesty with God for you look like right now in this season? It is, um, I guess it's, it's, it's realizing that there's, there's nothing more to hide. Hmm. You know, I'm 58 years old and, uh, I, God has been with me for, you know, I mean, I guess, gee whiz, I just thought of this. Um, I've been walking with him for 40 years now hmm. and I, day to day but almost moment to moment mindfulness of his presence and in the the fact that he's here right now he'll be here when you pack up and go he'll be with you when you go he'll stay here with me <laughs> and it's it's a it's that i think awareness that uh that he's here hmm. 
at all times. And I dialogue. I find as time goes on, I, I'm, more, uh, I'm more comfortable with, with just dialoguing mm. with, with God at all times. Mm. Not that I talk out loud, but, you know, it's like, well, here I am again, mm. Lord. Incredible. And once again, I messed that one up. <laughs> but you know that and I know that. So uh, let's move on. And a lot of it is, is you know, you're, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall. And, but it's all in the getting up hmm. and, and going. That's and good. Keep, keep moving forward, you know, because that's what the Lord's all about. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. I guess that kind of hits on honesty with self. Do you feel like there's anything else um, along that topic that you want to expound on? No, but as I, I as I get um, as I grow older, I, I find it um, harder and harder to to uh, to kid myself. Mm. To you know, when you're younger, you can kind of I think you, you can kind of trick yourself into thinking this and that. <laughs> as as time goes on, it's like no, this is the blatant reality of of you, mm. my friend. Mm. <laughs> What did St. Francis call it? Brother ass or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and then honest with others. What, what has that been looking like lately for you? It's, it's uh, I think it starts with family. And my family's seen me at the highest points and at the lowest points. And as time goes on, um, you have I have a grandchild, uh, and she's incredible. And having a, a a grandchild, I think, is kind of there's a little bit of a mirror that gets held up, hmm. and a little bit of an accountability mirror, <laughs> because you don't want to let your grandkid down, you <laughs> right. know, and you don't want to not be honest with yourself in relationship to your grandkid. And I think it starts with family first, and then it ripples out. I've been very fortunate. I have a small handful of uh, f- friends that I, I really feel uh, comfortable with and, and able to share pretty much anything. And that handful reduces down into two or three people mm-hmm. that are very, very, very close that have seen me at my lowest mm-hmm. and at my highest. So, um, But maintaining uh, and making sure that that flow of honesty with them uh, is uninterrupted by any kind of uh, interference from my ego or hmm. pride or anything like that. That's good. Ben, what's been inspiring you lately? Um, it can be anything, a book, a resource, a, a website, a filmmaker, an app. What, what's just been getting you going and getting you excited? I, I've, been, uh, I've been very, very inspired by Richard Rohr. Uh, his... Um, works. Let me look at get the title right. On the on the threshold of transformation has been just an incredible uh, inspiration to me. I just bought his book. Uh, Everything belongs. It's about contemplative prayer, and oh. and I I I. Asp- I, I guess I aspire to uh, become a contemplative mm. prayer praying person. <laughs> it's uh, I think, unfortunately, I think I can't 
historically point to the exact uh, period of time, but I think the church was kind of robbed of of uh, meditating hmm. on the Word of God, meditating on the things of Christ. Um, it, meditation got kind of a bad rap, you know, of oh, it's you know, it's Eastern, it's this, it's that, and uh, and the, the church. I think uh, I think contemplative prayer is is uh, more necessary now than it ever was uh, in the time that we live in. So anyway, Richard Rohr and Brene Brown, uh, she's phenomenal. <laughs> what um, I don't know anything about Brene Brown. Can you tell me a little bit about her? She. Uh, She's a PhD, and uh, the, the best thing I could say was go to her TED Talks yeah. and, uh, and talk about honesty. She's, oh. she's, 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 got it. she's got it down, and, uh, and uh, she has a, a great way of addressing human struggle and uh, weakness and, and basically letting you know that the, you know that the struggle is is everything hmm. you know uh you're you are strong when you're weak hmm. and it's it's very biblical hmm. <laughs> that's cool that's cool how about uh just kind of productivity things is there an app that's really helping you get what you got to get done or uh a piece of equipment that you're just loving right now oh well yeah you know this this is a very small thing but a really huge thing for me mm-hmm. When I was, uh, when Steve and I were doing uh, all the around the world trip and all the music videos, the Rich Mullins videos, recently, uh, there in China, of course, uh, there was an adapter made for these 1950s Cook cinematic lenses Mm. that we shot all of those Rich videos on, that we shot Steve on. I found an adapter that will fit on my state-of-the-art wow. Sony. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, F700. It's crazy to see this ancient glass uh, playing out in 4K. Well, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> that's, it's a little thing, but to me, yeah. it's really big. <laughs> that, that is cool. Um, who are you really looking up to as, as a filmmaker right now? Filmmakers, um, well, I, I've always been, uh, I've always been a big fan. He's 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 passed away now, but um, Christoph Koslowski's work, Blue, White, and Red, continues to be a, a stable for me. Um, current filmmaking, I, I just it's it's kind of like a there's there's. There's great, great movies being made. I, I, I don't know if I, I could single out one current filmmaker that I'm, I'm just following everything. Um, so I, kind of, I kind of draw from, you know, the, the classic guys, nice. and, and, and uh, I probably always will. But yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, last question. What, what advice would you have for creatives? Uh, maybe teens, 20-somethings that are coming up and just know that they have this gift from God but don't really know what to do with it, how to advance. What would your, what would your word of advice be for them? The first thing you have to do is you have to give yourself permission. Hmm. That's a really 
hard thing for a lot of people to do hmm. because um, you know it's 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 a barrier it was for me for years and uh, through some dear friends uh, Jimmy a especially he's like man you, you just got to give yourself permission and do it hmm. you know and I think that's been the most freeing thing because until you give yourself permission Nobody else is going to do it right. for you. You know, you've really got to step out and go, well, here it is. You know, I'm going to do this. And and that's it. Gotcha. Giving yourself permission. That's good. That's good. Ben, I really enjoyed this interview. Appreciate you taking the time to do it. Um, would you just close us out and pray for our listeners? Yes. Lord God, we just thank you so much for your creativity and that creativity that flows through us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would give us your guidance, light our path uh, before us, Lord God. Teach us to walk humbly before you, Lord, and may we all be conformed into your image, Lord God, the image of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Ben, thanks so much for being on the show. You're welcome. How can people connect with you? Uh, I'm uh, My website, uh, benpearson.net, is a pretty good place. It's, it's I'm going to be totally revamping it uh but uh that's that's the best way there's a little place you can send notes in there and i'm on facebook so feel free to friend me and (laughs) all right but yeah thank you thanks if you've enjoyed this episode of doing ministry well you can help us out by rating commenting and subscribing on itunes and sharing this podcast with your friends Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions on who we should interview next, contact us at doingministrywell.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at jimjessbaker.com. That's jim, Jess as in Jessica, baker.com.